It's the doc and the deacon, stethoscope and hope, talking everything from poop to the pope. One believing in spiritual miracles, the other believes in movement bowels that are irritable. Two dads, more like two brothers, and they breaking bread like the Last Supper. This show won't get negative feedback, that be like the deacon prescribing a Z-Pack. So don't get it twisted like a Philly pretzel, Foles already told y'all that Philly special. Take notes from the knowledge they're teaching, pay attention, it's the doc and the deacon speaking. Welcome to Doc and the Deacon, a podcast about two dads. One of us believing in the power of science. One of us believing in the power of Jesus. But both of us believing in the power of an ice cold beer. Ah, you're right. I mean, and this is a time when an ice cold beer uh, sometimes feels better than usual, right? I feel like there's so many things going on right now. Like people are telling you, you have to do things this way or that way. And I, I just feel like, it's like, uh, it almost feels like you're being commanded to do things one way or another. And sometimes it feels like I don't know what the right answers are. You know what I mean? I'm mostly a pretty good listener, but in South Africa for a while, they shut down all alcohol sales, including beer. They wow. basically said, you can't buy more beer. Wow. Uh, well, you saw this couple in, uh, in Kentucky. Now, I don't know the right answer. Right, but this couple was told they had to quarantine and they were willing to quarantine. Uh, you lost me. You had me in Kentucky. In Kentucky. Uh, so this, I, I will tell you, okay, almost so every brother state and sister that got married. Listen no. to the show, except for Kentucky. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people in Ireland listening recently. Yeah. No Kentucky. Huh. Yeah. Oh, I, we have to fix that. Come on, Kentucky. Come. I don't know. I don't know. So tell me about this couple. Yeah, so they were told to quarantine and they were willing to quarantine, but then... Uh, the health department called and said, hey, we need you to sign these papers related to the quarantine, stating all these things. She's like, I don't like the language in the papers. I'm not going to sign them. So then some cops and uh, the, the health department showed up at their house and put them under house arrest, put ankle bracelets on them. If they went more than 200 feet away from their home for the next 14 days, they would alert the police. Well, I, I can't imagine anything wanting, me, wanting to make me leave home more. Then telling me, like telling me I have to stay home um, is one thing, right? And, and I understand it. I understand the why behind it, right? It makes sense when it happened. But then to, to almost force me via uh, punishment, you know, it's like, why do we always want to do? Paul says in the Bible, he's like, my body wants to do things that it I don't want to do, but it wants to do them anyway. It's like this daily battle that he talks about. And it seems like it's an age-old philosophy of, um, and maybe that's just the way we're wired, that when you tell us not to do something, it makes us want to do it. Well, not everyone, not everyone, but because there are a lot of people that realize right now wearing a mask is a good idea, but some people are like, I don't need to wear a mask. You're taking away my freedom. But... These same people realize they need to wear pants into a store, except for Walmart. You don't have to wear many pants. People don't always have pants on. No, there, I think but... Walmart just came out with a thing you have to wear pants. You now. have to wear pants now. Yeah. Good, good, good. I'm glad the Walmart's gotten in with yeah. I, I know they were pro, I'm guessing they were pro the mask, but is the not wanting to wear a mask just pushing against saying, hey, I'm not going to do something you've told me I can't do? I, I think so, right? I think. That that's I mean, think about you as a kid. How many times have you told you didn't want to do that you were not supposed to do something, and then you did it anyway? 
I was pretty well behaved. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I was a pusher. I was always going <laughs> to... Yeah, I was always pushing against the, the, the line there and trying to go closer and closer to that line. I mean, listen, and it is an age-old story, right? You go back to uh, when we've talked about the people leaving um, Egypt and being freed and led by Moses on this exodus out of slavery... And, uh, you know, they're not really given a whole lot of things that they can't do. But meanwhile, as they're moving on and moving forward, you know, they always, they kept looking back saying, man, there were times when they were like praying that they wished they were still slaves in Egypt versus, you know, walking and heading towards freedom because they didn't always see the light at the end of the tunnel. So is that where all these rules started? Do we blame Moses and God for rules and put people pushing against rules? Well, I think uh, certainly the Ten Commandments were born on this journey, right? They were first introduced during this exodus from Egypt to the Promised Land. If Jesus had an adjustment, he would say, where I'm mastering the pandemic is number 11. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and you know what? I, I have to be honest with you. Um, it is not as uncomfortable when you're in those situations that you feel like, like I almost, there's something in me that says I should be wearing a mask right now at these times. And I think, uh, you know, there's times when it's very uncomfortable, but for the most part, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense right now. So t tell me, Moses is like hanging out and he's gone for a few days and he comes down and there's all these rules. How does this happen? No, 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 no. Okay. So, so they're in the middle of the desert and they're traveling and God is leading them on this journey. And there's this big cloud that's following them. And leading them, and that is said to be God, right? So he's this cloud in the, in the sky following them. And whoa, whoa, whoa. God's a cloud now? That's right. Oh, my gosh. Where did I miss that? Yeah. You know, I mean, God's just said a lot of things. I never knew he was a, was he a, like a, a, a nimbus cloud? Uh, I think it was cumulus. <laughs> cumulus nimbus. It was a dark cloud in the sky, and it, at times. Dark. I thought he's supposed to like save the world. He's also, he's all of a sudden dark now. At times, Moses, he would call to Moses and Moses would go talk to him. And there was in this one particular time when he called to Moses, Moses goes to talk to him and Moses spends 40 days and 40 nights. So the cloud was there for six days, right? So that's oftentimes in the Bible, you'll see the number six used as the number uh, of you know, where they're doing things and then seven is the number of perfection. So on the seventh- Yeah, I know, six, six, six. That's right. And then the seventh day, Moses goes into the cloud and then he spends 40 days and 40 nights in the cloud. Now, while he's in the cloud, the people who had just left being slaves, right, are screaming at Aaron, his brother, saying, hey, make this, where's Moses? Something must have happened to him. Uh, even though he kind of foretold what was going to happen. And they're like, he's never coming back. Let's just do this our own way. Right? Okay. We're going to fight for right to party. Okay, right? Okay, and so they're, yeah, like, yeah. They're, like, they're like, like, Aaron, let's take all of our gold. And let's melt it down. Let's make this calf. God's not here. Moses isn't here. You know, we'll just worship this golden oh. calf we just made out of yeah. nothing. All I right? do is win, 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 win. No matter what. So then they start, they want to dance and they want to party and they're worshiping this calf. 
So after 40 days and 40 nights, Moses comes back. And while he was up there, God had given him these commandments to deliver to the people written on these stone tablets. And they say, oh, he's going to be a buzzkill written by God's hand. Wow. And he walks and he's he he loses his temper. Right. The last time he lost his temper, he killed a dude. This time he loses his temper. He's angry. He breaks the tablets uh, because he sees what's going on. Yeah. He loses his stuff, man. If I were God, I'd be mad. Bro, I just gave you these tablets? Well, and you go down and you break them and you, and you cut down the groves? That's not very nice of you. Yeah, he was, he was, it was a righteous anger. So did we, did we like glue them back together? How do we get the tablets? No, so then they came back. So then later on uh, in the journey, uh, Moses re-delivers the commandments he writes them down and then they go in the Ark of the Covenant and then the Ark of the Covenant is is created and carried by the people everywhere they go from that point forward. Wow. Sounds like a Dan Brown novel. <laughs> Let's break down. Do you know what a game we should play is? How many of the commandments has the deacon broken? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Let's, let's, let's talk to him. So commandment number one. Yeah. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have any other strange gods before me. Yeah, or any other gods. And that's not just... People, that's not just a personal God, right? I mean, we talk about, uh, in the church often, we talk about all the things that are competing for our time and attention. And anything that you're putting before your attention or time, if God's not the fifth, so we talk about God as being like the coffee filter, right? He's not just like the sun. He's way over there like, hey, God, how are you? Yeah. He's the coffee filter and everything runs through the filter of God. And so... Um, it's not just this thing you keep on a shelf yeah. at times. You run everything through that filter. And so uh, when you look at that, you say, okay, in that context, you say, well, anything that I put before that time with him or the thought of him yeah. in the things that I'm doing in my life okay. is potentially something uh, that I'm putting before God. Well, I'll tell you, Duncan put an iced coffee through a filter today. And I was ramped up and on fire all day. They're like, what size would you like? And I'm like, I'll take the big one. I was flying through. I, Good, I was so you killing got your, your daily yeah. dose of Jesus. Number two. Yep. Do not take thy Lord name in vain. Yeah. Which is weird because one of the biggest curse word or phrases that I hear is people say Jesus Christ when they're yeah. mad about something. So he said, don't take my name in vain. And some people say that as opposed to the F word. I would think the religious people would think that it's better to say the F word than JC. No, I say cheese and rice. Cheese and rice. I don't know if you've ever heard me do that. I've heard but, you say the F word. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, what, Frank and beans? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So it's weird that like... And I have, listen, and I have, and I don't want to, I, you know what, as the deacon, I don't want to diminish the fact that I have certainly broken many of the commandments and I have... Done both. I've said the F word. I have used the Lord's name in vain. And, you know, it never feels good. And, but because, but the great thing about it feels is it's, so good. Come on, baby, make it feel It's so not about good. perfection. Uh, just because I'm a Christian, it does not make me perfect. You're perfect to me. I'm perfected because of what Jesus did. That's wow. different. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love how, I love how you guys phrase things that way. Number, number, um, Number three, yeah. remember to keep the Sabbath, which basically means all football players are going to hell. <laughs> not only that, not only that, I wrote something for, uh, I wrote a so little the line for it. The Sabbath, although at first it was 
um, it was strictly adhered to as the seventh day of rest. Uh, uh, in modern Christianity, a lot of times we just talk about a restful time with God away from everything else. Now, I don't know what that period of time looks like or if there's a day. And there are some modern day Christians who are really trying to adhere to that. And, you know, when I was growing up in, in Virginia, um, back in the 80s, there were a lot of things that were closed on Sundays. Yeah. Right? Not just Chick-fil-A. Like, you couldn't just not get a spicy combo. And barbershops. But there were a lot of things closed on Sundays. Well, I wrote something for Moses. Or Moses, they, were, are you ready? they closed at five. They were the blue laws. Were in oh. Effect. Go ahead. Uh, Moses brought a bunch of rules. I listened. Didn't drown anyone in the pools. But you're saying I won't go to heaven if I got to work on day number seven? <laughs> All right. Okay, number four. Honor the father and mother. Yeah. I mean, that's listed. So the fact that, so God has appointed the mother and the father together. So he's united them. He's appointed them over the house of the children. And the idea is that if you can't submit yourself to your mother and father's authority, then it's probably going to be really difficult for you to submit yourself to the authority of God. But I get that one. I get that one. I do think all relationships are different. And uh, I don't know that that should be a commandment. You know, uh, but I love you, Mom. Yeah, I, I feel you, but it is important to honor those that, that are in charge. Number six. Okay. Do not covet thy neighbor's wife. So this is Adultery. the first. This is the first of like the do not covets. Right? Yeah, do not covets. Right, but it, that's almost... So there's, there's two different ones. There's do I not think, covet I thy think neighbor's wife and there's do not commit adultery. I want to point out, I think your wife is uh, quite lovely. But I, I don't covet her in, like a, in a bad way, but I think uh, she's a very pretty lady. Does that mean I'm breaking... Is that breaking commandment? No, I, I think the commandment is in the spirit of um, don't look at something that someone else has and think that you want to change your position because theirs may be better. Yeah. Well, I mean, how do you teach that to kids? Like, how do I tell my kids, hey, uh, make sure nobody's staring at mommy for too long? Yeah, I think you tell them you get what you get and you don't get upset, right? You say, hey, listen, as a child, you're going to make choices. So with, with children, it's, hey, you know, don't, don't covet your friend's relationship with someone else. Like, you have a friendship with that person and their relationship with someone else may be different. Yeah. But you can't look at that and say, well, why is that different? Because you're made in your own individual likeness and that relationship you have with them is one way and somebody else's relationship with them is different. It doesn't, it doesn't diminish yours in any way. Well, I agree. I've been teaching that actually to my son. I've been asking him, hey... Uh... Make sure the pool guy just stays out by the pool. Does the yeah. pool guy come in and chat with mommy? Has mommy ever showed the pool guy the, uh, uh, her closet? <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to make sure that he knows the commandments yeah. without knowing actually That's the good. commandments. That's good. Um, number eight, do not covet thy neighbor's stuff. I think it means don't steal. Well, there is. There's both. There's do not steal. Yep. And then there's don't covet your neighbor's stuff, right? So do not steal is the act, the physical act of taking something uh, from someone else. And that's tough. I mean, when I was, so back in the day, uh, I, I'll admit something on this show. I probably, I don't know how many people know, right? Back in the day I had a buddy and we used to go to, 
um, to, to, to one of these stores in the mall, one of those CD stores in the mall. Yeah. And they used to put the CDs at the bottom and I would distract people while he would open up the CD. He would, he had a thing, he would slice them open, let the CDs fall down and, uh, and he would walk out with a few CDs. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you like in penance ever like discuss that? I don't think so. No. I think that's time. Yeah. I think it's next time you're at church to go, hey. So uh, me, him stealing, I was still part of it. It's just like me stealing. It's no different. I, it, I, I, I may as well have been the one committing. Well, um, it's yeah. a little bit different, but it's still, you know, something, you know, that I realize that. Uh, I love the fact that how years later you still have something that you're like, hey, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. The next one I'm going to call the, uh, the OJ commandment. Thou shall not kill. <laughs> I'm pretty on board with this one. Yeah. I mean, taking the life of someone else. Um, and it's tough because, uh, you know, there are times when, when we think an eye for an eye. But I think this is, now, scholars have argued and talked about, and there's a lot of stuff written about this being that physical act of taking someone else's life. Um, but there's also this spirit that someone else has. So, the idea of not of encouraging others and trying to bring out the best in them rather than killing their spirits. There's plenty of ways to kill than just the physical suffocation and extinction of life. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And I'm not trying to kill all of your dreams about uh, Jesus and the commandments, but I'm trying to talk you through them. Holla. You know what, the next one, I feel like I screwed up. The next one is covet neighbor's wife because one previously was adultery. adultery. So adultery's in here twice. Well, well One of them is don't cheat and then is don't cheat with your neighbor? Well, no, no, no. One of them is don't wish that you had your neighbor's wife because you'll miss out on the joy of experiencing the woman that you chose. So when you make that commitment to marriage, it's real, right? And... um the, the adultery is different because that's the act of... Oh. And it's not just... It's the, you know, the, the adultery is defined as being with someone who is not your wife. Sure. So before you're even married, having um, carnal relations with someone else would be considered adultery. Yeah. That's why I'm not... Uh, that's why I'm not religious. Oh, well, it's not about being religious, right? Because religion is different. It, so, again, remember, we are all flawed and imperfect. It's not about um, upholding the commandments and trying to be perfect. It's about understanding where they are. And under the commandments are the basis of Judaism uh, before the rest of the laws came into effect. But then when Jesus came, he said, I abolished the laws. So if you live by law, then you are subject to all the laws to which none of you can certainly uphold. But because I came and gave my life, I abolished the law, became the new law, the new covenant, they say, because this was the old covenant. He says, I'm the new covenant because we knew and Jesus created this passageway. God created a passageway through Jesus to him and said, your relationship is more important to me. It's impossible for you to keep all these laws. Yeah. And Jesus did that with the Pharisees at one point when they brought the woman and we talked about in the sand. And he, he, he showed that like, even if he says in the, in the New Testament, even if you look at another woman lustfully, you have committed adultery. Well, so 
he, he's basically saying, listen, you can't keep all these commandments. So don't try to be bound by the law. He said, if you look at a pretty woman, are you doing something wrong? With lust. What does that mean? So that means if you look at a pretty woman and, and so there's... And a, have like a little bit of a naughty thought? Then that's... Adultery. Oh my gosh. I can't... Yeah. Uh, uh, and the point of that is, so you know, I need Jesus. I can't I do mean, that. Yes. I mean, everyone's going to hell. I love... Everyone's going to hell. I love uh, his creation of the woman. Yeah, I don't disagree. He also doesn't want us to lie for one. And he also doesn't want us to covet our neighbor's goods. Yeah. Because, you, you, again, you miss out on the relationship. And that leads to all those other things, right? There's a lot of stuff in there about neighbors. And so right now, you know, I think it's a great time for us to, to, to be as neighborly as we can be. And I've seen it. My neighborhood um, has certainly poured into each other and during these times more than ever. Um, and really become a lot closer Yeah, through a situation that could find a way to, instead of looking at the Joneses and being like, I wish I had what you had. We're like, no, no, no. I, what I have is yours. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, uh, not to be a downer. Uh, I want to give a rest in peace to my neighbor, Phil, who died uh, recently. And uh, we love you. He was a very religious man. RIP, Phil. Yeah. I'll tell you, though. The Ten Commandments are rules for Christians to live by. For doctors, we have medical guidelines. Okay. We have clinical guidelines, right? So these are basically statements that include recommendations intended to optimize patient care, to make informed, based on informed systemic reviews and assessments. So this is how to determine how to make a diagnosis or how to determine treatment. And then often there have to be discussions about are these good guidelines? So now not only do we have good, good guidelines, but doctors fight against them. They try to judge, hey, was there a transparent process? Have they been updated? Have they been revised? Unlike the Ten Commandments, us doctors always want to really go, hey, is there new quality evidence? And can we change these guidelines we currently have? We know that guidelines, unlike the commandments... The are commandments in- were updated by Jesus. He's like, the commandments are a law that I abolished. What are you talking that's a, about? That's a long time ago. I love it whenever anybody points to the... you know. Uh, uh, um, the Bill of Rights and is trying to go, oh, this was written. Yeah, in 1700s. Yes, that was written. Yes. But you know what? During, during the times of tuberculosis, there were laws created that said, don't spit on the sidewalk or there's going to be a fine. And I saw one of those in somebody's garage the other day and I thought, seems pretty relevant now. Yeah. Well, it took a pandemic to kill, to kill spitting in baseball. Yeah. But, you know, for guidelines, we realize that there needs to be transparency. You need to make sure there's no conflicts of interest. You need a systemic review. review. What is the level of interest? You know, it's one of those. Uh, now, I want to go, thou has to get your blood pressure under this level based on the American Heart Association guidelines, right? <laughs> so, but the important thing is, for guidelines for doctors... Is I want to make sure that your doctors know the guidelines. Yeah. Right? Like, when you're talking about pain medicine, they should know the CDC guidelines. When you're talking about, hey, your cholesterol, they should know. The cholesterol guidelines are pretty straightforward. Well, that's what we do at church. We do an intake when you come into church and we're like, "Um, have you ever killed anybody? (laughs) Have you ever ever broken commandment number eight? Well, (laughs) I like it. I, I like that. I like that. I just want to make sure that when you're going to your doctor... They don't have to agree with every guideline, but they need to know them and have a thoughtful reason as to why they're pro or against each guideline. 
you know, um, I am for the JNC7, but I'm against the sprint guidelines when it comes to hypertension because I think they're too aggressive and I can give you my thoughts. But you at least need to make sure that your doctor has considered what are the guidelines, are they limiting the bias, and then these guidelines then get graded for level of evidence. So we get to tell, hey, is this a good one? Is this a bad one? And, uh, and where do we go from there? Do you have, like, uh, do you have a favorite guideline? Or one that you see more often than any that you always butt up against? Well, the CDC guidelines for uh, opiates and pain medicine in 2016 changed the world a lot. Where it basically took all pain medicine and limited it to what is your morphine milligram equivalent. Yep. And then it calculated that so that it could tell you, hey, family doctors should only write this amount. I also very much like the cholesterol guidelines because as opposed to looking at the straight number, Mm -hmm. which we used to, we're now trying to calculate risk. So we're talking right. about LDL versus HDL? Kind of, except for the fact that it's really simplified. Doctors were looking at cholesterol yep. and kind of going, oh, it's high. You should take a cholesterol medicine. Now we're looking at four main categories. If your LDL is greater than 190, we go, hey, that's really bad. You should take a cholesterol pill. If your LDL is greater than 70 and you have diabetes, we think that you likely have a coronary equivalent and should be on a cholesterol pill to reduce your risk. Okay. If you've had a heart attack or stroke, that one's pretty straightforward. You should be on a statin, yeah. not a cholesterol medicine. And then the last one is if your 10-year risk is greater than 7.5%, Canada uses 10%, and there is a calculator yeah. that you can use that takes your age, your race, your gender, your systolic blood pressure, diastolic blood pressure, good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, and whether or not you smoke, have hypertension, or diabetes. And it puts it all into a calculator. Yeah. Luckily, my EMR calculates it for me yeah. and gives me, hey, what is your overall risk? So I get to go, hey, because cholesterol medicines will reduce your risk about 40%. Do you ever have patients fight against you? They're like, I'm going to fight for the right to party. Oh, they sure do. They yeah. sure do. And they know that uh, drinking red wine may increase their good cholesterol, but it may not change their risk that much. Okay. And you know what I thought is uh, since doctors are always trying to change guidelines. Yeah. It's time for me to uh, rewrite the Ten Commandments. Oh, I can't wait to hear Are you this. ready? Yeah. These are the Hold eight. On. I need to say a prayer for you first. Well, I appreciate that. Well, the first thing I want to point out is, you know, certain religions have these conversion goals. And I want to make sure that I am not trying to convert anyone. I am just trying to give my thoughts and some scientific thought and some logic and try to push back on kind of the dogma that's been pushed by church and religion. And so I realized that, you know, Mormons have set conversion goals, like you're supposed to convert this many people. I, I don't I don't know. Um, yeah, a bunch of the different religions that, you know, may knock on your door, they have a goal for people they're able to convert. Okay. Right? And so there is a, hey, we need to convert people. And, uh, I mean, I visited you at church. I know that, uh, I know that they're trying to bring me to your side. Well, we're just trying to, to we're trying to create, uh, an environment where you can get in touch with your personal relationship with Jesus. So, well, I realized I don't want to convert people. And I, I actually once or twice bought this book, The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. He's a famous philosopher. Yeah. For someone to have them read. And uh, I actually apologize. I shouldn't have. Giving them a book that it follows along with my thoughts is never necessary. I can enjoy my own thoughts without having to push them on others. But needless to say, here are the um, kind of generic atheist Ten Commandments. Okay, go Ready? ahead. Ready? Uh, do not do to others what you would not done to yourself. Right? That's the golden rule, right? It is. Okay. In all things, strive to cause no harm. 
Okay? Number three, treat your fellow human beings, your fellow living things, and the world in general with love, honesty, faithfulness, and respect. I like this one especially, the next one. Do not overlook evil or shrink from administering justice, but always be ready to forgive wrongdoing, freely admitted and honestly regretted. I like that. I think sometimes we fail to realize that not pushing for the right thing, not trying to um, stand up for things, whether or not it's social issues that are going on in the world right now, whether or not you're either side you're on, yeah. but standing up for what you believe is right is an important thing. Live life with a sense of joy and wonder. I think people often confuse happiness with joy. And, um, and happy, think, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Yeah, happiness is fleeting, man. Joy is finding, finding, being able to be happy with your circumstances. Yeah. This next one I love, and this is the reason you listen to uh, Doc and the Deacon. Uh, always seek to be learning something new. How? Test all things. Always check your ideas against the facts. And be ready to discard even a cherished belief if it does not conform to them. Okay. That is like the scientific part of the Ten Commandments. I love that. Could you imagine if that got snuck in? That would well, be fantastic. I think, I think in Christianity, we're always challenging how the Bible relates to, to society today and make sure that we're checking ourselves with, uh, with relevancy while staying true to the fact that we think that God is the creator of all. Well, I love that answer. And not only that, the next commandment in the Atheist Commandments goes right along with that. Never seek to censor or cut yourself off from dissent, but always respect the rights of others to disagree with you. Yeah. Right? I think that was perfect timing. Uh, form independent opinions on the basis of your own reason and experience. Do not allow yourself to be led blindly by others. I think that's kind of an anti-faith uh, type line there. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think when you have experiences and you experience the, the transformation and the change of your personal relationship with Jesus, it's certainly not being led blindly. Yeah. Well, uh, I agree. And number 10 is question everything. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with that so much. Right? We're always asking questions about who is this? Who is that? Who did this? Who did that? How does that relate? Um, I think faith, you, you talk about religion a lot. And I see it differently. I, I think about being a person of faith as, a, as opposed to a religious follower. I'm a believer with a personal relationship with Jesus who has a faith that transcends all that. So that's, well, that's how I look at it differently, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I question everything. Yeah. But I'm also willing to follow a lot of rules, right? I am not going to go to a big party yet right now because of what's going on in the world. Yep. I am going to wear my mask for the time being because I do think it can decrease the spread of this virus. And I love to party, but I'm not going to fight for my right to party. I'm going to have a time to party again, and I'm going to uh, party in smaller amounts. I, I think that's great, and that makes a lot of sense. I think, I mean, and you've seen what the church has done throughout this time to, to try to find ways to be virtual and have people create experiences and share um, tons of resources for those uh, who were choosing not to um, fight for their right to party in big groups like that. So, Well, I hear there are a lot of commandments. There are a lot of rules. So I'm guessing, because it's hard to really follow these, that there's a lot of nice people in hell. <laughs> and I, uh, 
I hope I'm not one of them. But if I'm in hell, I'm going to fight for my right to party, and I'm going to get after it. Well, I can tell you what. I will never stop praying for you and hope that, um, that you don't end up there. And hope that we all don't. Because I can tell you, um, I don't know what it's like. What I read stinks, and, and there's so much uncertainty right now. I think um, if we were to apply either one of these things with a sense of purpose and say, hey, I'm going to follow my life with, with some guidelines. And if they start with um, uh, a, 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 a basis that says, I'm, I'm not going to treat others this way. I'm not going to treat others that way. I'm going to do these things, uh, that that would certainly be a good start um, to where we're at right now. But the good news about what Christianity believes in is that, you know, we believe that, that God has already paved that way for us with Jesus. So, well, I like that. Um, just so you all know, the doc knows his guidelines. And two things you can always count on is the doc is in hell, maybe? <laughs> and the dink is speaking about heaven. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, the music was brought to you by Franchise, produced by Tucker Butler. Follow us on Twitter. At Doc Deacon. On Instagram, Doc and the Deacon, and our Facebook page, Doc and the Deacon. Thank you for listening, and remember, uh, no matter what, you should fight for your right to party. But do it in a way that abides by the guidelines. Holla! And don't kill anybody. I think that was a pretty good rule. Peace. Excellent brain trust to market it brandness that's set in stone like the Ten Commandments. This show gon' be around for infinite years. I think we can all agree on ice cold beers. 100% authentic, you can't fake it. Often imitated, but never duplicated. So knowledgeable, take a lot of facts in. Now I'm coming to close it like a Roldish Chapman.